0: Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Are you remodeling or building your dream home? Well, guess what? Today, we have a special guest who is going to help you decide what comes first when you remodel your dream home. We will chat about everything, but if you do have any questions after this podcast is finished, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. You just might have something we didn't cover. And today is October 15th. We are actually going to talk to Tim Larson. Tim is a general contractor and owner of La Casa Builders in Phoenix, Scottsdale area. Hey, Tim, thank you so much for stopping by
1: hi Nancy I'm glad you invited me to this
0: oh we're going to have so much fun I have a million questions and I'm sure you have all the answers first of all Lee I want to ask you um, how did you start in this business
1: oh i've been uh, uh, I've been in this business for 40 years I went to a, a technical school for construction uh, I'm from Minnesota, and uh, and have always wanted to build and create homes. So I love the creativity side of building. So uh, it's something I've always wanted to do.
0: Well, just as a side note, if you were building in Minnesota, I understand it's quite cold. You must have more fun here because you can build throughout the whole year, right?
1: That's right. That's right. It's very hard being a builder back there. And uh, in Arizona, you hardly ever lose a day a year f- because of weather. And a- We've never had <laughs> a snow
0: day in Phoenix. Right. That's right. I think we did have one. <laughs> But everybody was so busy looking out the window, nobody wanted to work anyway. So let's start off with what is the first thing that people should do when they're thinking of remodeling their home?
1: Well, I... um Basically, I end up getting phone calls from clients, and it's just a let's get acquainted uh, meeting. Um, people like to uh, get to know personalities and just see if there's any any symmetry between myself and them because it is a very personal thing that I do with their, in their houses. So it's just getting to know. They like to know how long I've been in business, all the small questions, and then let, they give me an idea of what they want to do, and I just let them know if it's possible. And um, That's always good. Exactly.
0: Uh, well, I'm sure you get a lot of referrals from your previous clients, right? Absolutely. I think in this business, especially with the quality of work you do, if somebody has you doing their project, of course they're going to tell their friends. So don't you find it easier to work with somebody who's been referred to you?
1: Oh, I do. I do. Um, uh, they have a, more of a confidence level in me and it's it's less um worried about if i am a general contractor will fulfill my contract and make sure the job gets completed and and finalized
0: Mm -hmm. and also they can get to see your work right there at their friend's house
1: that's right that's right
0: so what would the second step be now Um, thinking that okay they've decided you're the one
1: right um I create a high-low estimate for them, just a very basic the idea of where the budget, I think, would come in and, um, and um, help them understand the ideas. Uh, usually there's some structural issues, moving windows, moving plumbing. I help them understand all that that can be done.
0: So at the first meeting, do you ask them questions like, what did you have in mind, what did you want to do, and do you at that time get into specifics like okay what kind of appliances do you like
1: usually not at the first meeting it usually happens at the second meeting and i have them fill out a um, house plan design questionnaire which they fill out this and it helps us understand what they want to do in each room
0: okay so then when you put your preliminary price together uh, people should know that it is changeable. It's not anything written in stone, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, we try to avoid um, people that think they can remodel their kitchen for $20,000 when it's really seventy dollars or $80,000. and right. So they're more realistic on on what things do cost.
0: I'm not really sure if I've ever lately, within the last five years, designed anything for $20,000. That's right. So, um, and I did have a, a question there. Oh, yeah. So your prices come in, they look at it, and they're either going to have a heart attack or they're going to say right on. Most of the time, they're not thinking how much it's going to cost because they don't do this often, right? That's right. So they've bought maybe a car or two in their life, maybe three or four. So they're kind of savvy about car prices. But I find, and I'm sure you do, that people don't have a clue about remodeling.
1: That's correct, or they've watched too much HDTV, and it really doesn't give you a realistic uh, vision of what uh, the prices really are.
0: Yes, it actually gives you a very unrealistic right. pie in the sky that'll never happen. That's right. So don't listen to TV. <laughs> right. Well, you can look, but don't take it to the bank. Right. Okay, so now you've put the budget together, and what's the next step?
1: The next step would be meeting with a designer or architect or both, depending on how complicated the project is. Um, if it's a simple kitchen remodel, we can do it with a designer, but if we're uh, moving beams, moving uh, windows, and there's a lot of structural issues, then we'd get an architect involved. And so it's creating the team that would... Uh, get the plans all together so that i could give a hard bid on the job and have accurate numbers
0: okay so have you ever had a situation where they want something you've gone to the structural you've gone to the city and you go you know what we can't do this you know somebody who really is thinking of something totally impossible
1: i usually can deter detect that right at the beginning um I've done some really challenging things, and so I've never gotten that far and not been able to do it.
0: No, you've never been stumped. (laughs) I think I've known you 35 years. Oh my God. Right. Okay, so now they've got the hard cost, and they're all excited. They're ready to go. Now what?
1: Well, we usually at that time have the hard cost for the structure, but there is a lot of time put in the the details, like the finishes, the, the flooring, the cabinets, all the interior finishes. So going through the next step is getting. getting all the details figured out uh, so that the the number is completely accurate and we know we're in budget. Um, So after that part of it, then we get into finishing the plans and getting a permit.
0: Okay. Well, what if Mrs. Homeowner go shopping, or she's watching something on TV, and she goes, I know I picked this tile, you priced it already, but I saw this better tile. Can we change?
1: Oh, absolutely. And the price could go up or could go down. So I, I'll have my existing estimate, and I can just show them the difference between the two materials and labor, if there's a difference on labor. So we just either create a credit or a, a, a an upcharge change order.
0: Okay, so at what point can they not change their mind anymore? It's um, like, okay, lady, we've got the tile. It's sitting in your driveway. We're gonna put it on your floor. Well, yes, what? I had this vision, and I don't want that tile anymore. Then what?
1: Well, if uh, it would just be a matter if it's returnable or not. Uh, maybe there's a restocking fee. Um, so we would just go through the the strokes of whatever what it would take. Uh, most most things are returnable for a for a fee
0: oh well that's good to know of course I knew that (laughs) okay so then you're working on the job how many people do you usually have working on a uh, normal size remodel
1: well, um, on our staff, I have a superintendent and a project manager. That is, uh, the project manager is helping coordinate ordering the materials and getting, making sure the superintendent has all the information. And they're coordinating all the subcontractors, uh, d- starting with demo, which usually is done with our crew. And uh, then you start bringing in the subcontractors, plumbers, electricians, framers, uh, window installers, uh, the whole the whole gamut of every trade that gets involved?
0: So typically on a normal size remodel, there will always be, for the most part, somebody on the job site working. But occasionally there's a day where there's nobody on there. And, and I've had this happen. Mrs. or Mr. Homeowner says, they left the job. Nobody's here. It's never going to get done. And how do you explain to them that no, we're just doing things that don't worry about it? What do you say?
1: Well, remodeling is not a perfect science, and uh, I try to set expectations up front and let them know that there will be days when nobody's there. Either my electrician has to finish another job before they can come to our our job, but we usually send out weekly uh, schedules of what's going to happen that week so they they know what's going on, and just communication with the homeowner and all the players is the key to making sure uh, everyone knows what's going on.
0: Actually, in reality, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner feel that their job, and rightly so, is the most important one that you have. They don't care about any other job. And, you know, they've saved for this remodel, they want it done. And so, you Play the role of more than a general contractor, don't you? That's
1: correct. That's correct. Where it's like I said, it's not it, right now. It's a very busy in the Phoenix market. My subcontractors are stretched to the max, and so we are constant. I'm on the phone every day talking to my subs and making sure that they have me on their schedule and and that they will show up to my job. The other the other thing is I pay my subcontractors on time, even early, just so they will show up at my job sites
0: right so bottom line is a general contractor is a babysitter because you have to play the role of scheduling rescheduling moving people around constantly and
1: that's what our day is that's what our day involves yes
0: at that point tim take a break i've got to talk about wonderful premier lighting they pay my bills, so uh, why not be nice to them And not only that, they have one of the best showrooms in town. Every time I go in there, I see tons and tons of new fixtures. They actually have 80 different light manufacturers and 15 fan manufacturers. They're constantly changing their showroom so that it looks new. You can see contemporary to traditional indoor fixtures, outdoor fixtures, The perfect pieces you will find there to make your home special. So I suggest that you go on their website. It's shoppremier.com, and you can find out where they're located. They do ship, so if you happen to live outside of the Phoenix area and you can call them and ask them for a particular fixture, they will help you, obviously. They want to. They want to be your friend. Also... I want to talk about our secret word of the day. Our secret word is going to be um, one of ten words that are going to be on a list that you should be listening to these podcasts and writing down. So every podcast starting with I can't remember mid mid September, and you then write these secret words down and you enter the drawing. We will have the drawing on December thirteenth at my Christmas party, and you should be there now obviously if you don't live in arizona you either have to make sure that your holidays are spent here so you can come to my christmas party or hey i'm sorry you miss out but still listen to the podcast so don't forget the word is turnkey and i wonder where i got that word from anyway back to tim so where were we tim
1: we're going through the process of again um remodeling or getting ready to remodel your house and um
0: that's right, and you're scheduling all your uh, your subs and making sure that everybody's lined up so that you can get this job uh, finished. You know what I, I tell people when they start whining? Usually about three-quarters of the way into it, they're whining that they want it done now. And I'll say, you know, you'll forget all this because when the project is done, it will be so beautiful. You will forget. It's almost like having a baby, right?
1: It is. It is. And, and you're exactly right. About three-quarters of the way down, the stress levels up. They're tired of dust. They're tired of, of guys in their house all the time. And so it's it's just reminding them that it's we warned you. That's what it was. It's not an easy process. Some people uh, live in the house while we're remodeling. Some move out just because it's such an extensive remodel. But I again, I just try to set the expect, expectations.
0: And we also try to give them some sort of a temporary kitchen if the remodeling is done in the kitchen. Obviously, you can't be making dinner while Tim's working on the project. So if there's any way that you can have, let's face it, a microwave or a refrigerator, and you can take that existing refrigerator, plug it in somewhere else, stick the microwave in the on the dining room table or something. And it won't be the end of the world if you can't use your kitchen. But when you use the new kitchen, you're going to be very excited, right?
1: That's exactly right. And I just started one the other day where they went and looked for uh, alternative housing for the remodel. And it was so expensive that we did create a way to keep them in part of the house. And we're just going to get their master bedroom taken care of and flip them once we get that done. And it saved them over $20,000. And I just tell them they're camping. Right now, they're they're camping well, in their well, house. You
0: can turn it into fun.
1: That's right.
0: But also, you have empathy. Because I'm sure that, I know I've been through a remodel in my house, and I'm sure you probably have too, right? Absolutely. So we've been there. We know what you're going through. So we try to make it as comfortable as possible, knowing that at the end of the project, you will be all over Tim with Glee.
1: Yeah. And my superintendents are all seasoned superintendents. They've been through the process many, many times. So they know what to look out for. They know what will keep you comfortable and keep you relaxed during the process.
0: Good. So what's next?
1: Uh, Finishing the job. You know we're just trying to get the the process done making sure that everything is ordered correctly that everything comes correctly on time uh normally i mean every job has a little bit of a snag something goes wrong something it, it it's inevitable that one thing is not going to be come out correctly show up on time and so we try our best not to have that happen but it, something usually does and
0: I- we say, you know what, if something goes wrong, we have to find a solution. We don't point a finger. We just ultimately want to make the client happy. That's right. So that's the end. Now, I have a question for you. Uh, Explain to me or to our audience, what is a punch list?
1: A punch list is at the, uh, I, I do it through all phases of the job, but it's a list of All items that need to be completed to get the job to 100%. I mean, I do punch lists for framing or for drywall. That's during the process. But at the end, we do a a punch list of every category. We walk through and look at every wall and see if there's any defect of every wall of your house and, of course, the floor. And we write it down, get the subs called, get them out there, and get it done.
0: But if the client sees something she doesn't like, I think she should tell you during the project because communication is probably the best thing that you can have in any project. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. They might see something that we don't see, and uh, absolutely, we want them to let us know, uh, and we want to take care of it
0: well just so that audience knows that i also use you on my projects and we just finished one that is over the top gorgeous so um thank you
1: yeah, it was an enjoyable project it was very fun
0: so i'm going to ask you one last question then i know you have to get to your next project what is the most memorable project that you have done in your career so far
1: wow i've been doing it for 40 years um I I did do uh, the remodel of the last Frank Lloyd Wright house in Phoenix. It was the last house he designed before he passed away. Um, He didn't... uh he did the initial design, but the working plans were drawn by um, some of his apprentices. Um, it was the Likes Residence on Thirty Sixth Street in Lincoln. Uh, it was a great project. Uh, the house was just about ready to be torn down, and uh, the scale bought it and did a did a fantastic job, and it still is a fantastic house. So that, and I also did the remodel of the of the David Wright, another Frank Lloyd Wright house. I did the guest house. Uh, so those projects are little jewels in the desert that we we love working on.
0: I toured the David Wright house um, before you did anything to it, and it was built for his son, Uh so Frank built it for David. And it's kind of unusual. I did take pictures, and I, I was shocked at some of the things, but it is Frank Lloyd Wright. He has a name, so I said, okay, he knows what he's doing, sort of.
1: That's right, and we just did the guest house. The main house has not been uh, has not been funded yet to do, but we, we got the guest house. The guest house was in very bad shape, so it looks great right now.
0: When was it actually built?
1: Uh, it was in the 50s yeah.
0: yeah well this house that you the other house that you did the lighthouse so the lighthouse was that built
1: that was built it was the the design was in 59 and that was the year he passed away um and it was built in 63 62 or 63
0: so were his apprentices from Taliesin?
1: yes the same apprentice that uh did the working drawings also worked with us on the remodel of it, so that made it all, all the more f- fun. Uh, John Rattenberry, so he was an apprentice under uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, and he helped us with the remodel.
0: And I'm sure you've gone through Taliesin for those who haven't. Yes. It was uh, the school that Frank Lloyd Wright built in the Scottsdale Desert. Very interesting. Uh, If anybody's interested, you can go find that. Google it. Find it online. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright came up with some really interesting things. I've toured it twice. I still remember some of the things that he initiated and some of the quirks that he had. Yeah. Very quirky person. Yep. Anyway, Tim, I know you got to get going. I want to thank you so much for stopping by and taking the time to explain to people what the actual process is. But there's nothing like having Tim in front of you to ask questions, right?
1: Okay, thank you very much Nancy. I appreciate appreciate you inviting me.
0: Hey, okay, anytime. And thank you everybody for listening. Again, if you have any questions, you can email me at Nancy at nancyhugo.com. Don't forget your secret word and have a great day.